Welcome to the Discipleship Helps podcast. This podcast is designed to accompany you as you work through the book, Discipleship Helps. This book guides us through foundational doctrine every disciple should know. From time to time, you'll be able to pause and write your answers to the questions in the workbook. We encourage you to read each scripture and cover this journey in prayer. So without further ado, let's begin. We hope you enjoy. Are y'all ready for lesson 11, Overcoming Temptation? Yes. Are you really ready? Yes. Are we held accountable for what we know? Yes. It's exciting to learn. It's always exciting to learn. It feels good to learn. It's like, mm, it's like your brain gets a spa treatment. Sometimes when you learn. But it's like heaven's keeping a record, right? Uh-huh. Now she knows. Now he knows. Now she knows. Or maybe not, I don't know. No, I do know. That's what happens. Every idle word is recorded. All right. How the church helps you. That's how we started lesson 10, isn't it? Two in a row. It's like a vacation. How may we help you? Music to my ears. Literally, the day we become Christians, we have a new challenge, that of being an overcomer. Mm. The Word of God tells us in 1 John 5, 4, everyone born of God overcomes the world. So it's like, is that a command? Is it a prophecy? Is it something telling what we already did? Is it what we will do? Did you think of that whenever you read that? Everyone born of God, is it a promise? What do you think? What do you guys think? No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man, and God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also that you may be able to endure it. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Have you ever heard someone say, God won't give you more than you can handle? That is a misquoting of this scripture. God won't allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. He always gives us more than we can handle so that we can't do it on our own but have to depend on His grace to make it. Change of perspective. He won't allow us to be tempted beyond what we can bear. So to begin with, we must ask ourselves, this is where we will pause and allow for an exodus. 
Am I serious about overcoming temptation? If you are not, this would be the time to go. We provide multiple opportunities throughout this whole process for anyone to leave or to disqualify themselves from this class. I didn't say from Jesus, from this class. Anybody want to leave? Sweet, we are all then serious about overcoming temptation in this room. That's what we're implying by staying and remaining. We're all serious about it. Okay, so let's go to Acts 26, 20. One of the conversations that we had in our house this week was the difference between temptation and trials that we go through, right? It's one of the things that we'll hit. Where do the trials come from? Where does temptation come from? What are the rules while we're in the middle of temptation? And what are the expectations while we go through trials? Right? Acts 26, 20. Mr. Michael Rogers, would you mind reading that for us? But declared first to those in Damascus, then in Jerusalem, and throughout all the region of Judea, and also to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God, performing deeds in keeping with their repentance. So, how do we prove that we're repenting? By our deeds. Did you see that? Are you currently of the belief that if you apologize, that that is repenting? Do you believe that if you walk up to someone and say, I'm sorry, that you've repented? When we say, when you say, what's that again? It's a start. A start that should be followed up by what? Actions. If it's not followed up by actions, does anyone care that you made the start? So as many as, as, as many as received him, to them he gave the right, authority, or power to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. John 1.12 We must realize that God is serious about you being his child and about your very real victory over Satan and his temptations that come to destroy us. So notice the difference between the following two words. Here we go. Testing and temptation. So above testing, I wrote being proven, refined, or hardship. Temptation comes through the enemy for our destruction. So for testing, let's go to Deuteronomy 8.2. Summer, read that out, would you? Remember how the Lord your God has led you through the wilderness for these 40 years, humbling you and testing you to prove your character and to find out whether or not that you would obey his commands. Who was testing them? The Lord. The Lord was testing them. 
As we're reading through this, I want you to think about in your own life what testing versus temptation would look like. What would hardship or what the Lord would put you through, refinement, what would that look like in your life? Might it look like things not going the way you thought they would? Might it look like you not seeming to have enough of something? Someone treating you a certain way? Your car breaking down? Right? Losing a job? These testings that we go through, who do we often ascribe those to? The devil. Satan. Because they're things that are happening to us that make us uncomfortable or don't give us what we want or make us lose what we want. And so we ascribe that to the devil because God wouldn't want to make us feel the way that we feel right now. Do you see that? Let's go to the next one, Isaiah 30, 20. Keith, would you mind reading that for us, please? <clears throat> and though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet your teacher will not hide himself anymore, but your eyes shall see your teacher. Good. So who gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction? Lord. Affliction. Think about the word affliction. Think about the word adversity. This verse is saying the Lord gives those things. Why is this important? Because if we think that the devil is bringing these things to us, we're not going to trust the sovereignty of God in it. We're going to think, this is happening to me. Get me out of this. Get me out of this. No, devil. Get out of here, devil. Pray for me, everyone. The devil's trying to attack me in this. When in reality, the Lord is bringing it to test you. And his grace is sufficient for you in the middle of it. Yes, ma'am. It's good. He doesn't just do these things because he's just playing with you. He is teaching you something so that no matter what the circumstances are, no matter what people of this world do or what might happen to you, your faith might be unshakable. So he teaches you through things that he sets up and designs and provides for you through so that you'll learn these lessons. And when the hour of testing comes, when someone from the world does something to you or the enemy comes to attack you, you're able to stand because you've learned these lessons from the good father. Does that make sense? Feel free to amen in these classes too. Let's go to Proverbs 17, 17. 
Because I know some of y'all in this room need to amen the heck out of what we're saying right now. (laughs) 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 Say that. (laughs) Noted. The heavens record your amen. (laughs) I was watching, uh, it's carnal. The uh, <laughs> the Dark Knight, the Batman movie, the Dark Knight, and they say in the movie they're like no more, uh, no more dead cops, and you can hear someone in the audience go, "Amen." <laughs> I'm not even kidding. It's in the movie. Proverbs seventeen seventeen. Sound like a bootleg one. <laughs> Like, where'd you get that copy from? It's called E-Bombs World. Proverbs 17, 17. Go ahead, Josh. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Anybody got a different translation than four? I crossed it off and put in. I crossed it off and put in, too. A brother is born for adversity and in adversity. If we bail on adversity or take it into our own hands every time, do you think it's possible that we could be missing brothers and sisters who would be diehard in our lives right now if we would have allowed the process to be seen through? Amen. What if we stopped bailing from these times of adversity, these afflictions, these hardships, these refining, these testing times, and allowed it to hurt us, allowed ourselves to suffer through it, and then just to watch what God would bring our way to help us through the testing. Because it might be that a friend appears in the middle of that season. Uh, Ephesians 6.12. Ms. Vera, would you mind reading that for us? For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the, the rulers, against the authorities, against the power of the dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Good. So who is our struggle against? Not flesh and blood. Not flesh and blood. Shorter answer. Rulers, authorities, powers of this dark world, spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So there is a battle that we are facing. Do you all remember a few months ago when we talked about not asking why during the trial, but rather just accepting it and trusting that God will make up whatever gap you're experiencing right now, whether it's a gap in your finances, your energy, your relationships, your time, whatever it might be, God will make up that gap if you will trust him. Case in point, right now we're going through this. There are things that need to be done still with the HVAC. We want to move that unit into that vestibule so that it doesn't, not only it doesn't kick on and like in the middle of here, but also so that it can be used for the children's area. 
we're wanting to get electrical in that back room, that fifth room. Because if you go back there right now, it's weird. Uh, in that room, there's still a pit with dirt and dust everywhere, right? It's very dirty. Uh, there are plans for that. We're wanting to get that done. We were talking the other day, what if we were to get the money from the bank just to finish those things? Now, before you think that that sounds devilish, it would help us be in compliance with the city, and we bought this building needing to do those things, but we chose to get in here quicker before we could finish the things that we needed to do. So anyways, long story short, we were praying through it. And as we were praying, we were open-handed. And we're watching the Lord bring some different kinds of provision in. And we're feeling courage to begin stepping out and just going for it without getting the money from the bank. We were originally tempted to get ourselves out of the trial and the testing in a quicker and easier way. This is for us. I'm speaking for us and in that situation. But as we were open-handed with it and we're like, okay, God, but whatever you want to do, because we clearly can't see how you're going to provide, but we trust that if this is the method that you want to use, you'll show us. And he begins to bring, someone's going to come and paint the ceiling in there for free next week. Um, someone else came forward and they were like, I'll help with the bathrooms and the plumbing in there for my cost. And then, so we're starting to see, these are just the little hints that we need to know, okay, the Lord is, is moving us in this direction. It's going to be a harder way to go, but it'll be the better way. Okay? Trial, waiting for the Lord's provision beyond where we wanted to move. He comes through and is closing the gap. Do you see that? Amen. Trial, testing. So temptation, the enemy's weapons, tools, and strategies. You are now at war. That is the truth. Whether you feel it or not, no matter how comfy that seat or sweater blanket might be, you are at war. We overcome temptation to sin by understanding the nature of it. According to 1 Corinthians 10.13, what is true about every temptation we are faced with? Common to man. What else? God is faithful. Yes. What else? Beyond our ability to overcome it. It is not beyond our ability to overcome it. Keep going. It's not new. Mm -hmm. There's always a way of escape. So that what? So that we can stand. So that we can endure it. Can I present something to you guys that's extremely controversial, but because we have such a small and intimate group in here? I want y'all to come to me with scripture if you disagree with what I'm about to say. Don't come to me with your feelings. Don't come to me with what everybody else says. Don't even come to me with uh, findings that you think some psychiatrist uh, or counselor or uh, group of scientists might have come up with. Come to me with scripture disproving what I'm about to say to you. No matter what temptation you might experience, God provides a way of escape. It is not uncommon to man, and you will be able to stand up in the midst of it if you'll take that way of escape. Amen. 
no matter what temptation that might be. <coughs> now let me list some temptations. The temptation to use drugs. The temptation to drink. The temptation to look at pornography. The temptation to engage in sexual immorality of any kind. The temptation to use any kind of drugs or video games or movies or TVs or your phone or gossip. Any time you are tempted, a way of escape is provided for you if you'll take it. But if you choose not to take it, then you will be overcome by it. Does anybody want to come to me with scripture disproving what I just said? And don't think that you're being put on the spot. Well, if I would have had time to prepare, it was right there. If you disagreed with it, we all do our homework in here. We all go through the book. So if you disagree, you had time to prepare. Does anyone disagree with me with scripture? So when someone says, I don't have a choice, they don't have a choice. Does scripture agree with or support that? No. no. Does it contradict that? Yes. Yes. So let me share with you guys some of my own personal examples of ways of escape that I've experienced and what ways of escape look like. Because more than anything in this lesson, if you will get what I'm about to tell you, you will begin to overcome temptation a lot more, okay? The way of escape. It is always there anytime temptation comes. The way of escape. You have to become an expert in looking for the way of escape, okay? So what the way of escape might look like, let's say that you're on your phone or on your computer. The Holy Spirit will tell you, get off. And nothing has happened yet. And he'll say, stop. Don't go any further. Don't open that. The Holy Spirit will tell you that before you see anything that you're not supposed to. And then if you push past that way of escape, up oh, all of a sudden he was right. There you are. Time to go find Nick and confess. Right? This is what happens. I'm not making that up. That happens. Okay? So look, the way of escape in that moment is hearing the Holy Spirit say stop and then just being like this. Whatever you have to do. Does that seem extreme? That's exactly what Joseph did. He took off running and left his coat there. I got to get out of here. The way of escape. Do you see this? What a way of escape might look like is if in a conversation before you gossip or slander, you're talking and all of a sudden you feel a check and you're like, mm, I shouldn't say this. You might even say it out loud. I shouldn't say this. And then your friend's like, what? Just tell me. That was your way of escape. That was your way of escape. And you have to run from it. Give me that book back again. You have to run from it like this. And if they say, just tell me, just say, I got to go. I got to get out of here. I'm not going to sit here and do this with you. Amen. I'm being tempted in this moment and I got to get out of this. I can't do it. And leave the conversation. Do you see that? When you get tempted to become angry, you're sitting there and you're stewing over your thoughts and a thought pops in. You should just forgive. Let it go. Way of escape. It's it's there every single time you're there with your girlfriend thinking about crossing lines or with your boyfriend thinking about crossing lines 
and one person is hesitating. Wait, I don't want to go any farther. I don't want to do this. We shouldn't be in this situation. That's happening. Way of escape. Every single time. And you know what? You'll start having a lot less sympathy for people who give in to temptation when you remember the other part of this verse. It's not more than you can bear. No one was tempted beyond what they could bear. You could have bore it. When you gave in, you could have bore it. God gave you what you could handle, but you gave in. You gave in to it. You didn't take the way of escape. I'm talking to myself. Guys, I'm, I, I have gone through this myself. That's why I'm speaking the way that I'm speaking, because I have experienced this myself. But when you give in to temptation, you shouldn't feel sorry for yourself and think, oh, I just can't. It's too much. And this is the way that we feel about ourselves. And then when we see that that strategy doesn't work, we're like, well, then I guess I'm just a horrible person. I'm just, I guess I'm just not cut out to be a Christian then. Another way of feeling sorry for ourselves. And we use these as tactics because we don't know what to do with temptation or testing or trials or when we fall or what about the way of escape. We don't know what to do with these things because we haven't actually trained ourselves in the midst of temptation. Do you see that? This has to do with every sin that you face. Despair. Anxiety. Whatever it might be that you face, I promise you, this is the exact thing that happens. It's not more than you can bear. There is a way of escape. Look for it. The problem is our flesh doesn't want to take that way of escape, does it? Our flesh is like, let's see how far we can go with this thing, right? That's what the flesh says. The Spirit's like, get out of there. Stop this right now. Don't say another word. Let go. Let it go. That's what the Spirit's saying. So don't feel sorry for yourself. Don't then condemn yourself because that's also a tactic. It's a form of manipulation. If you're sitting with a friend who's sitting there going, I, I'm just not cut out for this. I, I'll never be able to get this right. That's manipulation. And it's, and it's then feeling like a victim. Don't give in to that. It's the same thing with suicide. Also suicidal. That, that was also me. Speaking authoritatively on it because I was there and have seen many people delivered from it. Suicide, someone saying, I, I think I want to kill myself. Selfishness. They're being selfish. Call them on it. That's selfishness. No, you need a revelation of God's love. That's why, listen, suicide is so weak. It is so weak. Especially if someone's telling you that they want to do it. Thank you, sir. Who provides victory when we are tempted? Jesus, God, the Lord. <laughs> Who provides victory when we are tempted? Lord. Amen. Does God remove temptations or do we have to face them and win? Face, face and win. Face and win. That's why when people say, I wish God would just take this desire to look at porn away from me. It's not going to happen. I wish God would take the temptation to be angry away from me. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. He trains you to bear up under it and win. Take the way of escape. And someone says, I wish God would just take this away from me. Say, take the way of escape, brother or sister. Don't feel sorry for yourself. 
take the way of escape. We've got to stop pitying those of us in here who fall to temptation and start calling each other higher. What does God do for those facing temptations? Tell me again. I also put that he makes it less than too much. This is too much. He makes it less than that. Can we start talking about gluttony in this church? Are we allowed to do that? Do we have the freedom to do that? I think we can talk about that. Let's talk about gluttony. Open the can. There is, there is also a way of escape when you are eating and you're thinking, I should stop. I shouldn't eat anymore. Have you ever said that? I shouldn't continue eating. Way of escape. Because it's sin. Gluttony is a sin. It happens in the church. He provides a way of escape. Take the way of escape. Yes. Amen? Yeah. We still love each other? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What is our part in escaping temptation? Take the way out, brother. Take the way out, sister. A special... We're all feeling good, right? Yes. We're good. Okay. A special key. Understand where the devil is going to attack you. Temptation comes through your mind. What does 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 5 tell us about our thoughts? Let's go there. Let's go there. This is tough. This is a tough lesson. No, it just pokes at your flesh. Yeah. Stop poking at my flesh. Stop it. All right. Alan, would you please read verse 4 and 5, please? Yes, sir. <laughs> For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Amen. 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 So what does this tell us about our thoughts? Take them captive. They can be taken captive. Right? If you are in a situation where you are sitting and your thoughts begin to run away from you, move. Get up and move. Put on worship music. Call a friend. Change your situation. Don't sit there in your own filth. Let's go to Romans 12, 1 and 2. By the way, whenever I uh, first came to know the Lord, I used to say that verse. I mean, I, there were days where I probably said it 27 times in a day. I would say, I take that thought captive and submit it to the obedience of Christ. I would say that over and over and over again. I take that thought captive and I submit it to the obedience of Christ. I would say that over and over again. Every time it would come up. And certain thoughts would come up over and over and over again. And I train myself. I beat my body to make it my slave. Amen. And I train myself in that. Uh, we have to, as believers, we have to learn to know that we don't have to think everything that comes into our mind. Yeah. We have to examine every thought. Yeah. If it's from the Lord or if it's... You know, Wait a second. Why do I feel that way? Yeah. Yeah. Why would I have thought that? That someone said, you can't control birds flying over your head, but you can control whether they nest in your hair. No. 
<laughs> Romans 12, 1 and 2. Jesse, would you read that for us, please? Amen. So what does that add to what we read? Uh, according to Hebrews 4.15, what is the difference between temptation and sin? Let's take a look. We'll start flying here in a second. You got it? Linda, you got it? Yeah. Go ahead. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Good. So what is it? What's the difference? Y'all tell me, how does Jesus keep from sinning before, without going there? With Scripture. So this is talking about him being tempted in the desert. He responds back with Scripture. But what does the enemy also know? Scripture. But he twists it. But then one time he quotes it accurately. So if the enemy came to you and quoted Scripture to you accurately would you be able to tell when that scripture is being misapplied? That's another level, right? We overcome temptation by recognizing the sources of temptation. Let's go to James 1, 13 through 14. My good friend Mike McClellan, would you mind reading James 1, 13-14? When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when, by his own evil desire, he is dragged away and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin... And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to Beautiful. So where does James 1 through 13 through 14 say a major source of temptation comes from? Our own evil desires. Does God tempt us? No. So now let's take, let's take Mike Rogers' example of boot camp and let's apply it to what we're talking about right now. So if he's training us as a good father, as a general, as a leader... If he's training us and disciplining us as sons so that we can stand on the day of battle, do you think it's fair to say that the day of battle would be like the moment of temptation? 
Yeah. You can disagree. Anybody like to disagree? The idea that our battle, if he is training us, right, and God doesn't tempt us, that he's training us to be able to stand under temptation. So we're enduring testing and trial and refinement and affliction and hardship and adversity. We're enduring those things to learn the lessons that we need so that in a moment when we're tempted with, hey, take this money. Change these numbers a little bit. It'll be really good for your family. They could really use the money. Uh, I was already taught during hardships, trials, and refinement, during affliction and adversity, that God is my provider. Amen. I can take the way of escape. Amen. Do you see that? Right? Hey, here's someone walking by. Maybe take another look. Wouldn't it be nice if they were your spouse or if you could be with them? Wait a second, wait a second. I've learned through moments of despair, through valley times when I felt completely alone, that he was my source of love. He fulfills all my needs. I don't need to go anywhere else for the love that I can only find in him. I take the way of escape. Do you see? So we're going there tonight to all these different places to show that oftentimes the reason we can't endure through temptation is because we're bailing from the testing and hardship process. Oftentimes, the reason we continue to fall to temptation is because each time he's trying to discipline us and train us, we keep bailing or giving in to temptation. That's where the term AWOL comes from. Absent without leave? Yeah. No one permitted you to leave? Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what are three main types of temptation the devil uses? Let's go to 1 John 2, 15 through 16. Uh, Jackson, would you read that for us, please? Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the Father, but it's from the world. Good. So what are the three main types of temptation the devil uses? First one, cravings of sinful man, lust of the eyes, boasting of what he has and does. Okay? If you see someone who gives in to their cravings, Consistently, they are giving into temptation. No matter how good the world look, makes it look, Hollywood, the movies, magazines, someone who gives into their cravings regularly is giving into temptation. Someone who gives into the lust of the eyes or where you see it being promoted is at the hand of God. That's the work of the devil. Temptation. And then finally, the boasting of what he has and does. Now, this one might hit a little close to home for some of us in here. Have you had success in what you've done? Do you boast about what you have? Do you boast about what you do? That's a temptation from the devil. 
that is not from God, even if it's promoted by your friends, by your family, or by your organization. We don't boast in anything except the Lord. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And in our weakness, if we want to boast. (laughs) So think of a specific example of each. Someone give me one. following verses determine what our new life in Christ gives us power over. Let's do rapid fire. Hans, will you take Romans 6, 22? Miss Marcia, will you take Romans 8, 9 through 12? And Vicki, will you take 1 John 3, 8? Go. Yes, sir. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness and the result is eternal life. Yes. So what does our new life in Christ give us power over according to Romans 6.22? Sin. What else? And death. death. I also put unholiness. Okay, Romans 8. Amen. So what do we have power over? <laughs> Sinful nature. What else? And death. So we see again, sinful nature and death. And then 1 John 3, 8. He who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. Mm. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Come on. So what do we have power over? The works of the devil. Amen. Overcoming temptation. We overcome... Let's read this together. Ready? We overcome temptation by practicing the things that will keep temptation from becoming sin. What a powerful statement. Many of us should put this up on our mirrors or in our cars or in our closets. We overcome temptation by practicing the things that will keep temptation from becoming a sin. So we're going to write out the main idea of the following verses. Let's rapid fire it again. So challenge, follow Joseph's example. Let's go to Genesis 39. (laughs) 
Mr. Shane, will you read verses 6 through 18, please? So he left all that he had in Joseph's charge, and because of him he had no concern about anything but the food he ate. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance, and after a time his master's wife cast her eyes on Joseph and said, Lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Behold, because of me my master has no concern about anything in the house, and he has put everything that he has in my charge. He is not greater in this house than I am, nor has he kept back anything from me except you, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And as she spoke to Joseph day after day, he would not listen to her to lie beside her or to be with her. But one day, when he went into the house to do his work, and none of the men of the house were in the house, she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled out of the house. As soon as she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and had fled out of the house, she called to the men of her household and said to them, See, he has brought among us a Hebrew to laugh at us. He came in to lie with me, and I cried out in a loud voice. And as soon as he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried out, he left his garment beside me and fled and got out of the house. Then she laid up his garments by her until his master came home. And she said to, this, and she said to him the same story, saying, the Hebrew servant whom you have brought among us came in to laugh at me. But as soon as I lifted up my voice and cried, he left me in his garment beside me and fled out of our house. Mm, good. What was he tempted to do? What's that? Having an affair. Having an affair. Potiphar's wife. So what can we learn from his experience? Verse 6. What y'all write? Application. What temptations do you struggle with? Shout them out. Anger. Anger. What else? Say it. Come on, everybody. Everybody participate. What do you got? What you write? Building my own kingdom. Confess it out loud. Everybody. With my speech. Being harsh towards my wife. Say it out loud. Say it out loud. Take away its power. Seriously. Once you admit it, once you admit it, you're at war. You're at war with it. Let's go. Come on. I wrote selfish ambition, fear of man, vain conceit, materialism. Doing what I'm trying to stop. Doing what? Say that. Like. Oh yeah. The way just. Yeah, Tempted to do what you're trying to, yeah. How does God provide a way to be strong and escape? Tell me someone, what did you write? does God provide a way to be strong and escape? By the way, what I realized in my temptations, selfish ambition and vain conceit, where you find those, you find every evil practice. So what I see, what I see in myself is the potential for every evil practice. 
selfish ambition, and vain conceit. So I wrote, uh, how does God provide a way to be strong and escape? I put, I have amazing support and accountability around me, and I don't keep things in the dark. So as soon as these things come my way, if a temptation comes my way and it's coming regularly, I fill my brothers in. I fill my wife in, right? And if I fall in some way, I confess it immediately while it is still manageable. Do you see? And I'm watching out for those things. I can't be scared of you guys hearing me say those things. I have to be like, this is my enemy. This is my enemy. None of you are my enemy. No matter what you might say about me. None of you are my enemy, ever. You're never my enemy. My enemies are selfish ambition, fear of man, vain conceit, materialism. That's my enemies. You're not my enemy. Those are my enemies. Nobody out there is my enemy. These are my enemies. Do you see? For further study, in 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9, the devil is called, what did y'all write? Adversary. Adversary. I put our enemy. We are to treat him as our enemy. A roaring lion seeking to devour. As an enemy. This is a hard one for me. I wrote the devil is called like a lion. We are to treat him as an enemy. But then I also wrote beside it, the devil is called our enemy. We are to treat him like a roaring lion. I couldn't decide. But he's like a roaring lion. Always remember that. He's not a roaring lion. He is like a roaring lion. So Ephesians 2.2. 2. Uh, Amelia, would you read that, please? Love y'all. Love you, Rob. Love you, Kathy. Go ahead, Amelia. In which you used to live... When you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. So another example of the way that the devil might be in a moment is coming at you as if he has authority. But he doesn't. Not over the children of God. So he comes at you as if he has authority. But he does not. He comes at you as if he's a lion but he's not. As if he's an angel of light, but he's not, right? As if he's in control, but he's not, right? Do you see? So then we're able to describe, oh, you don't have any authority here. Be gone, right? I'm not going to take that trap. I'm going to take the way out. I'm going to resist the devil. I'm not going to speak or respond back to him. I don't even need, I don't need to get into a conversation with him. He has no authority here. You see that? I don't need to get into an argument with the devil. What power does he have? None over me. Right? The one in me has overcome the world, and everyone who is a son of God has overcome the world. What does Satan try to do with the word of God? Go to Matthew 13, 19. We've got five minutes. We're going to do it. All right, first one there. Read it out. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is a seed sown along the path. 
Good. So what is the enemy trying to do? Snatch it from our hearts. What should be a Christian's first response to temptation? Look for the way out. Everyone remember that. Tonight when you leave this place, our genuine desire is that we would all get this right. Because it's not even really about not giving in to temptation. It's about enduring through the trials. That's how we grow in maturity, right? Enduring through the trials. Not taking things into our own hands, not giving up our hope on God, not isolating ourselves until everything gets better, and then coming back to church and be like, yeah, you haven't seen me for a while, but, you know, I've been around or whatever. No, we don't give in to the trial. We endure. That's how we become mature, okay? And then when temptations come along, we don't let them trip us up because his job is to steal, kill, and destroy. And so we recognize, wait a second, I'm being tempted. No, 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 distraction, right? I'm walking down this road. I know exactly where I'm going. He comes in with temptation. Not uh, distraction. Do you see that? That's temptation's part in our walk. It's meant to pull us off the path. We say no to temptation. We say no to that. What should our second response be? Now flee. Look for the way out. I found it. Now get out of it. Get out of that spot. Look for the way out and then flee. Serious. Let's say that together. Look for the way out and flee. One more time. Look for the way out and flee. Every single time you're tempted, a way of escape is there. Start looking for it. Become an expert at it. Take it and watch. Some of the, some of the problems of taking the way out, you don't realize that you just, what you just avoided. That's also kind of a weird thing. You take the way out and you're like, I'm pretty sure I just avoided something bad. I'm not sure, but I'm glad I'm not in that situation anymore. Right? What armor does God give us to fight the devil? Someone tell me from Ephesians 6, 10 through 17, what armor does he give us? Matthew 4, 4, 7, and 10. What does he give us? Scripture. Scripture. That's what Jesus responded with. Good. Revelation 12, 10 through 11. Blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. That's good. Temptation can be continually overcome by God's power. So your homework this week. You wrote down in your book what temptations you struggle with. Okay? I want you to discuss what you wrote down with someone else and this entire week. Now, these need to be legit. So if you didn't take advantage of it and you did not write something real, something that's an actual struggle for you, I want you to talk with someone about it and I want them to be your accountability partner for the week. Someone that you will hold yourself accountable to. 
I want you to tell them specifically what you struggle with and how it surfaces in your life. Okay? Guys tell guys and girls tell girls unless you're married. I want you to tell them specifically what you are trying to overcome. And I want you guys to pray together. And then I want you to take the way of escape this whole week and not give in to temptation, not one time in those areas. Look for the way of escape and overcome temptation. You sat in this room and you endured through this teaching and you said at the beginning that you were serious about overcoming temptation. And so this is our homework. Accountability partner. Tell them what your struggles are and the way that it actually comes out. Don't hide anything. Don't keep anything back. Pray with each other. Hold each other accountable. And then you... Take the way of escape every time. Come back with testimonies about how you overcame temptation next week. Amen? Amen. Amen. Who would like to pray for us? Say that that's enough to satisfy.